0: It's time now for today's edition of Community Conversations. It's the interview program in which we dialogue with voices from the Omaha community. And here's your host for Community Conversations. Let's welcome Cami Carlisle. Well, good afternoon, and thanks for listening to Radio Talking Book Service. It's time for another Community Conversation. And today we have Leah Whitney Chavez, and she is the founder and executive director of World Speaks here in Omaha. Welcome.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. You have been busy. You have been very busy. And I'm so excited to talk to you about everything you're working on. But before we get to all that, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how did you get here to what you're doing?
1: Sure. So as you mentioned, I'm Leo Chavez, Executive Director and Founder of World Speaks. Uh, some little personal notes about me. I was born in Bellevue, Washington. Mm-hmm. And then when I was almost eight, we moved to Bellevue, Nebraska. So we went from Bellevue to Bellevue, whole oh. um, <laughs> <I love laughs> Bellevue area. And Washington's really diverse. And I feel like that's kind of like my first exposure to like a lot of culture and language. Yeah. Um And when I went to Bellevue, Nebraska, it was a little bit different. Um, It was my parents and then my older brother and myself. Uh-huh. My older brother is autistic. So I grew up, you know, knowing what that is and yeah. um, being familiar with that. And, you know, my brother was diagnosed in the 80s early 90s so when people really didn't know what autism was yeah but um my great grandma was reading actually like a newspaper article and it said this sounds like your brother and that was actually correct diagnosis so it's really (laughs) crazy right (laughs) place right time yeah Uh, (laughs) yes exactly parents got him into all the therapies and different things that he needed um but yeah I just grew up really um and loving the coast, but my mom's sides here from Omaha, my dad's side's from the West Coast from Seattle, and some folks are still in Seattle and California. but my mom's family is here from the South, one of seven brothers and sisters. Her mom was one of thirteen and Whoa. they were born in, in Holly Springs, Mississippi. so to say our family's is big is an understatement.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess so, and I love it. it seems like from an early la- an early age, language was important. Yes. You I, I just had. Brother? Yes. Yeah. So, how could you not, right? Exactly. So, and I guess it probably was a huge shock. You're being very kind. But I imagine coming to Bellevue, Nebraska was like, whoa, where is the diversity? <laughs> so, here we are. So, you founded World Speaks. What inspired you besides some of your earlier background stuff? But what else inspired you to start the nonprofit?
1: Yeah. So, I honestly, It wasn't something that I had like on my radar to start a business. Mm -hmm. Originally, I was going to be a veterinarian. Uh, Like I said, I had an interest in language and I always wanted to learn Spanish. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll learn Spanish. One day I'll be able to help people who like come in and need assistance, that type of thing. So, um, you know, went from like middle school on having that dream. I was even in the first class of the UNMC High School Alliance Um, Just really exploring that career path. But Mm -hmm. when I got to my freshman year in college, I realized I was not as passionate about medicine as I thought. So I definitely had like a little midlife crisis. I was like, oh, shoot. Like, what am I going to do? I love Spanish. And I did think maybe I could be like maybe a medical interpreter. That was like kind of like the mixing of both worlds. But I did have an idea for a language school. It was something that I I wrote down but did not see myself starting. But when I had the opportunity coming back from studying abroad in 2014, there was an opportunity to take my idea through the Start Center Omaha, which is a nonprofit at the time, that helped women and minority owned businesses um, think through their ideas and if you had a business to improve it. So they had like local successful entrepreneurs like um, Don Eccles of Scooters and yeah. Bill Hips to be interactive come into the classroom and really mentor us. And Ooh. they taught us what we needed to know about like the types of businesses that we have. So that's kind of the first iteration as far as like my pain point you talk about, I was nice about, you know, going to Bellevue, Nebraska, you know, I was like called the N word and stuff in like high school. And yeah. So this is, you know, 10 years ago. So when people say, oh, racism's over, people aren't like that anymore. eh, Not, not necessarily.
0: (laughs) I think it is worse than it's ever been in a long time. I'm so sorry.
1: That's horrible. Very horrible. But I definitely felt misunderstood. People would say like, oh, you're white for a black girl, all these different things. And it was, you know, based off something that they saw on TV, it's not because they had like a very diverse group of friends. So I wanted to create a safe space where people could come and learn language, but also culture and get to know like the real people behind like what you may see on TV or like a preconceived notion to get yourself like out of the box with that. Um. So, yeah, that was kind of like the fire in me that wanted to get that started. <laughs>
0: well, I love it because that fire really resulted in something amazing. So tell us the World Speaks mission statement and your vision.
1: So our mission is to address social economic gaps and injustices through cultural education, inclusion initiatives and advocacy services. And our vision really is that World Speaks envisions a world where the voiceless are heard. marginalized are included and the vulnerable are safe. And really what our mission and what our work is about is language accessibility. And it was kind of something that evolved in the last few years of really putting, I would say, those kind of terms around it. Language justice has become a term that folks are using and language accessibility. And it's something that was always needed, but really got showcased in 2020 and kind of beyond people started realizing oh shoot, like if my programs or this information is only in English, we're not really reaching the most vulnerable in our community. And we're really right. leaving them out of vital and critical information. Um, So we got started with the language courses, mm-hmm. having a place where a few things happened in the class, though I'm fluent in Spanish, I'm not Latina. So I made sure to have that community come in. Mm-hmm. So they're able to, Omaha's pretty self segregated. Some of that's obviously due to the redlining, but then people with like their choice, you know, right. just not to go to certain places. So they just don't get to meet everyone who's in our pretty diverse community of Omaha. So we brought the native speakers in so that they could self advocate. They could share about their culture, and really feel appreciated by their community. Mm-hmm. And then for the students, practically, they're able to practice the language. But then at the same time, you know, they're meeting a community and really maybe folks they may not have met on their own. So we thought that it was really important to create that safe space. But then as we kept doing our work, on occasion, people would ask us to do interpreting or translation. And I honestly thought that was a problem already solved in our community. I didn't realize that that needed really like a champion, but we realized that like there was a lot of work that needed to be done. So we're like, that works with our mission. So Wow, involved it. <laughs> it. seems like
0: a lot of work ahead of you, but good work, right? Good yeah. work. So what does language accessibility mean? If you had to define that, what is the definition of that?
1: Yeah, so language accessibility, like I was saying it it makes sure that folks have equal access to information no matter what language that they speak. So making sure that the information that's there is available to folks who speak different languages. Or like our folks in the deaf community, sometimes that may mean a signed language.
0: Right. Exactly. Now, first of all, to go just a little bit off subject, congratulations on being in Omaha's Woman Magazine. That was very exciting to see you in there. And I learned a few other things I did not learn off of your website. For instance, in the Omaha Public Schools, we have 107 different languages. What? Yeah. It's kind of crazy, right? What? (laughs) And so this world speaks is perfect right to jump in and help here and i mean yeah. that's so many languages like it blows my mind and that they're here in omaha and like you said we have a diverse city yeah and it's about time that we all are able to talk right to one another yes. one way or another and so think of it, that's only one school
1: district right there's several
0: <laughs> just mind-blowing to me so When you talk about translation and interpretation, do you
1: offer that to businesses or anybody that needs it or how does that work? Sure. So with our interpreting and translation services, yes, we do offer it to anyone who needs it. It is an earned revenue source for us at WorldSpeak. So we make sure we can keep our lights on. And then, you know, we find it very important that we are paying those who are performing interpreting and translation services. So that's not a volunteer thing. Uh, we are asking skilled individuals to, you know, do something for us. And our team looks like the folks that we serve. Mm-hmm. So with that, we are empowering those more vulnerable voices of our community by, you know, providing them with an income, whether that's their side income or it's something that, you know, they do more often for us. Um, So we do work with a lot of businesses and nonprofit organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, We are soon hoping to have a program where we're going to be able to um, help folks in the affordable housing space at no cost. And that will be our community members. Um, but, and we'll work with some businesses and things as well and put some parameters around that. Mm-hmm. But uh, we do work usually through entities, but folks who need the services are not paying for those out of pocket. So if they are going to a business or they are going to an organization, the organization is paying for that. That service, the individuals themselves who need the service are never paying for the services.
0: Got it. So with businesses, is it mostly translation? Is it like somebody coming in and they need to broker a deal and you guys come out and help? And then what makes a good interpreter?
1: Okay, so let's talk about the difference between translation and interpretation, because they're actually not interchangeable. Translation is the written word Uh and then interpretation is oral. So that's like the oral communication. So translation is obviously more concise. Interpreting may be a little less concise, you know, just because it's right there in the moment. It's usually live Um, with interpreting. There's usually two types of main types, but there are some others. You have consecutive, which is like a back and forth conversation. So Mm -hmm. someone speaks, the person interprets. Someone speaks again, the person interprets. Simultaneous interpretation, which is pretty challenging, is you know, at the same time someone's talking, someone is interpreting the messages. Mm -hmm. So like when we do that on Zoom, Zoom actually has channels. So our interpreters will be in the channel and people can turn into the channel. They'll hear the speaker 20%. Then they'll hear the interpreters at 80%. And we actually do that every month. We partner with inclusive communities and Mm -hmm. make their table talks equally accessible. They have ASL and we provide Spanish. So any okay. table talk that anyone goes to, even if you're in person, you can sign on to the Zoom channel and you can jump into the Spanish channel and you'll hear our interpreters interpreting that in Spanish.
0: Got it. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. So translation, written word, interpreter, oral. Mm-hmm. Got it. See, I thought they were the same. Look at that. Thank you very much. So do you think one is harder than the other? I'm guessing maybe the live in
1: the moment, maybe simultaneous interpretation is definitely very hard, but it just depends. There are folks who have a skill in translation Mm -hmm. and not in interpreting. And there are people who have skills in interpreting and not in translation. So I think it's going to just depend on the person or there are people who can do both. So it just depends. Uh
0: Gosh, that's incredible. That's like a whole total skill. Both of them are. Obviously, big yes. skills. So besides interpreting and translation, you offer, offer, uh, community language courses. Yep. And I just have to say, full translation. I used to work at the big garden and I had the great pleasure of taking Spanish class with my coworkers from World Speaks. And the idea was we worked with a lot of brown and black kids and we wanted to be able to communicate with our Spanish students. Just simple things like grab the hose. Where's the hoe? Where's the seeds? And so it was really great. It was during the pandemic and everybody joined in and the people that really needed to learn it did. I, sallied not a darn thing stuck in my head, darn it. Not even hoes or nothing. I blame that on COVID, but it was wonderful and it was so easy and we all looked forward to it every single week. And then we would meet up privately and just practice with each other. Mm. And it was great. So Tell us about some of those classes and who takes them and what can you learn
1: from them? Dang, I, I really love that. And we loved working with you guys doing that. That was actually, you know, the pandemic. Everybody was at home. Everyone's virtual. So it was the first time we got to really utilize Zoom to teach folks. And it yeah. went pretty well. Yeah. Um, so, yes, our community courses, that was our first program, our oldest program. And we do those three times a year. We do them in spring, summer, and fall. So mm-hmm. right now we're in a fall session. Um, They are usually once a week for two hours and they last for 10 weeks. And they're actually at no cost. Um, This semester, this year, they were powered by the White's Family Foundation. Shout out to them so that folks are able to take the classes at no cost. There is a $15 um, kind of um for your materials, for class materials. But mm-hmm. if someone says that they're not able to afford that, they can still participate in the class. Uh, So the classes are usually focused like for our Spanish classes, for example, we have a conversation class and then there'll be a grammar class because we our hope is and what we want folks to have are real skills when they leave our classroom. Um, right. I was someone who learned Spanish in school and real, you know, noticed that even in our highest level in college, people were still really scared to speak or they'd only have listening skills, or they'd only have like reading skills. So how right. can we make individuals very well rounded? Um, so having the native speakers come into the classroom that helps our first level classes are conversational. So people are speaking right away. So they don't get to hide in the back and not speak. Um, Our teacher, <laughs> one of our instructors, Jeannie, she's very fun. And she's originally from Mexico City. And she is just makes people know let them know that it's okay to make mistakes we're here to mm-hmm. learn together she right. always makes fun of her english where her english is perfect it's <laughs> perfect but she just laughs at herself and everyone can just really have fun and grasp yeah. what they need to grasp in the classes and that's one thing i love about you guys too is that you
0: do make it fun Because I don't know about you. I mean, some of us really take to language like you and some of us really don't like me. But learning it in high school, it was not fun. It was tedious and just like a little boring. But that's what I mean, you make it applicable to real life situations, right? You, You teach us things that we can actually use. And that's the big difference, I feel like. Now, going back to that Omaha Magazine article, one thing I really liked you said is that you cannot understand a language without understanding the culture and vice versa. Tell us more about that and how you bring that into everything you do at World Speaks.
1: Absolutely. So you honestly cannot understand one without the other. So we just find that it's really, really important. So we do have native speakers who come into the classroom who are sharing about their culture with the example of Spanish, you know, people speak Spanish differently in every country. Mm-hmm. So when you have a Spanish class, we try to have people come from different countries. So they understand like the different traditions, the different foods and the students are asking the um, native speaker in the target language. So they're practicing that. Um, mm-hmm. Our ASL, our American sign language classes, they're actually taught by a deaf individual which is actually the most proper way and respectful way for right. um, someone to learn the language because they're teaching that deaf culture, which is so essential to learning American sign language. Like you cannot mm. separate those two things at all. Right. Um, and with um, our ESL classes, we definitely try to have different folks at different walks of life come and just kind of talk about their experiences. So love- we always are having folks share about their culture and having that be incorporated in the lessons as well, like learning some history behind the language or the cultures in the countries.
0: Right. And I forgot. Yes, you do offer ASL classes, which I just saw. And I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. Because I, I learned a little bit just to be dangerous. And of course, I don't remember. I think Kat, I think that's all I remember. Maybe it's a problem with my brain, but that is awesome that you offer that as well. And the fact that you said deaf culture, because our listeners are primarily blind or visually impaired, and there's a whole blind culture, right? I with like so I totally get this. Language is such an all-encompassing, everyday thing. So going back to courses, what languages are available to learn? I mean, again, there's 107 at the school, so <laughs> what? what all
1: do you offer right
0: now as far as what we can learn
1: so we don't have all well, 107 right now can unfortunately yeah. but maybe one day right um right now we have spanish um esl and then american sign languages for folks to learn potentially we'll have arabic next year we're fingers crossed we're trying to find a teacher in the so past nice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in the past, we've had Mandarin courses. Uh, We had a Japanese course. So we kind of will going f- forward in the future as our team is expanding, trying to pull the community and see what they want to learn. Because mm-hmm. you want, you know, you want folks to come out and enjoy. And so and take part. So that's going to be part of our work going forward to kind of see like, OK, what are other languages that folks want to take? We've had French in the past. We've had Hindi tutoring in the past. So it just depends on our community and like what they want to see.
0: So how do you find the folks to help you to do this? If you have like Hindi, right? How do you find this person to teach this?
1: Yeah. So sometimes it's, you know, word of mouth. When I first started, when I first started World Speaks, there was a family who adopted a girl from India and they wanted her to know her language and her culture um and she had an older sister who actually had an interest as well and so I there was a friend of mine who I actually went to the UNMC high school alliance with and I knew that he was from he was from Nepal but he lived on like the border so he knew um the Nepali language and then he also knew Hindi so I asked him and then he knew a friend and so they would go and teach um the young girls together and the older sister actually was writing in Hindi and she was really really taking to it and she was doing really well so sometimes it's word of mouth like that's then making community connections Mm -hmm. and then honestly sometimes you know you go on LinkedIn or Indeed and find people who have these um skill sets uh Paulina Campos Guzman who is our programs manager I found her because of um I believe it was Indeed and really, someone to teach her course. Uh-huh. We're like, man, let's find someone. She was in Minnesota. She had a lot of experience in the educational field, and she already did tutoring. And uh, yeah, she. So the rest yeah. of history. Now she works that's for a awesome. team full time. So
0: <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. I love it. So word of mouth, literally more language. Uh-huh. Yes, do <laughs> what you're doing here. So let me ask you this question. Do you think language is an academic subject or a practical skill
1: Ooh. or both? I think it's both, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think if you really have the passion and maybe the dedication that you want to learn a language, I think it's possible. Um, I think language learning looks different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the most important thing is not to beat yourself up about it and right. just keep practicing and surround yourself somehow with the culture. Like I, when I was learning Spanish, I did this app called hello talk and it allowed you to connect with people who are trying to learn like the language that you speak. So you got to feel like a teacher too. And you learn uh-huh. from someone else. So that, and these are native speakers. So it's, you can find ways that you can get that practice in. So I yeah. really do think it's both like there is obviously you know when you're an adult you learn a language different than like a child right you can literally just talk to a child and they're gonna like learn the language but as an adult you have to take kind of a different approach so I think there is like an academic side um Mm -hmm. for someone who learns Spanish like I have that advantage where like I do understand like the grammatical context of Spanish but like my husband who is you know um Mexican and Salvadorian, he just grew up speaking Spanish. So he doesn't always like know why something right. is, but okay. he's fluent in Spanish though. So it's like you know, either way, you accomplish the goal. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think you're right. I think a lot of it is practice. Mm-hmm. Is just do it.
1: Otherwise, yep. how are you going to learn it? Whoops. Yep. Put yourself out there. Make mistakes. It's okay that you're getting it wrong. Like you're trying. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Just practice, practice. So what do you think are the
0: biggest challenges that students face here in America when learning a foreign language? Because so many other countries, those kids out of the gate, they have three languages, five languages. And here we are. (laughs) We don't even start most schools. I didn't even start, I think, until middle school. So what is what is the deal? What are our challenges here in America?
1: about? Yeah, the monolingualism idea, I guess because they say a lot of people speak English. But I honestly think, we should be taught like American sign language because there isn't a reason why we're not able to communicate with, you know, literally our community. And then right. even Spanish and French with like Canada being so close by. I mean, that's the reason why the other countries in Europe, like know these languages because of the people who surround them. Right. Um The challenge I think is <laughs> folks getting that practice. I think the confidence that's yeah. actually, I think, kind of number one over everything else. Uh yeah. it's really like when you get to college you don't really learn anything really new about the language that you're learning besides like applying it. You may learn some new vocabulary, that right. never stops. Right. Um so new vocabulary or like using the language in a different way, but as far as like the mechanics, they're all the same. So I really think it's the confidence and then people, you know, going out putting themselves out there and just using it in the community nearby because for yeah. instance like If you wanted to learn Spanish, you really could, you know, go to Pockets of Our City and practice your Spanish all day. And people will be very appreciative of you trying, even if it's not perfect. So it's just kind of pushing yourself and putting yourself out there. So I think that's the hardest part. Um Yeah. And then like that mentality, some people have just like learning English and it's just like, no, there's like a lot of studies about being bilingual, how it's great for your brain. And then just relating to like another person and culture and community that's Mm -hmm. always going to add to your life. It's never going to detract from your life.
0: Right. Exactly. I do feel like as a middle-aged lady that it is a little bit more difficult to learn things at my age, but I can do it. Right. I can do this. I just have to relax and practice. So that's the big thing. Well, we have about four minutes left, and I want you to tell us a little bit about Justice Speaks.
1: What is that about? Awesome. So Justice Speaks is a program that we created in 2020. It was kind of a response to the social unrest in our community Obviously, it's always been there. But when you're at home, you kind of had to pay attention to (laughs) to what happens to folks on a daily basis. So really, Justice Speaks was an opportunity and is an opportunity for people to understand a different perspective or a viewpoint or a situation or an experience that folks really don't have a clue about. Um, and our like most latest series we talked about, it was like four different women of color and their experiences in the medical field. Mm -hmm. So some folks were practitioners, some folks were uh, like medical assistants. And another person was, um, a a person who gave birth and, you know, the person who was of Asian descent, she's actually a Vietnamese descent, first generation. And she talked about when she was in school. So she's a psychiatrist now. So now she's a doctor. She told us about how, you know, she wants to go talk to her professor and ask a question and the professor act like she should know that already. And it's like, well, she's in school, right? But then there comes that like model minority where that myth is very harmful to someone when they're trying to, you know, learn what they need to learn about their profession. Um, Another person, she um, is a Black resident right now and she was, you know, in her scrubs that all the physicians were wearing and someone just assumed that she was housekeeping, Wow. but she was wearing the scrubs that the physicians wear. So mm-hmm. just letting people know about like these harmful pockets and these systemic things that folks are still navigating. Yeah. And it really was a judge judgment free way for people to kind of watch and like learn. Yeah. Yeah, Um, we're hoping in the future that those soon will be in person discussions, Mm -hmm. we hope to maybe incorporate like some food and like just different things to have people open up and just learn about a different perspective, like there'll be no kind of guards up and just like listen to what people are going through. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, you
0: are doing amazing things. I mean, so many things that World Speaks has to offer. So listeners, if you are listening, which I know you are, and you want to learn a new language or you need a translator, interpreter, the list goes on. World Speaks is where it's at. So Leah, tell us where we can find you on the web. What's your website? Uh, that is www.worldspeaksomaha.org. WorldSpeaksomaha.org. And then what about a phone number?
1: Oh, that
0: is 402-819-8142. 8142. 8142. So 402-819-8142 or worldspeaksomaha.org. Yep. All right. Well, Leah, it's been a pleasure to talk with you and find out more about the incredible nonprofit that you started. I am just so jazzed that Omaha has you and thank you for all that you do.
1: Thank you, Cam. appreciate you having us. You
0: rock Oh, I'm back at you lady. Well, thank you for listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book Service. You've been listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. It's the interview program that brings you voices from the Omaha community. The Radio Talking Book network is brought to you with the cooperation of KIOS FM in Omaha and statewide through the facilities of NET Radio and Television. We've been proudly serving our blind and visually impaired listeners for 46 years. Thank you for being a loyal Radio Talking Book listener and supporter.